0: Log Talk Radio
1: Welcome to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls' Perspective. And I am the head hauntress. And whoa, I know we only had one episode this month when we had three last month. But I swear in content, we're going to make up for it tonight because we have a jam-packed, award-winning show to talk about. We're going to do an Oscar recap at 9.30 with the whole Sexy Witches panel, and then we're going to go back over our top ten list from 2020, starting at 10 o'clock, and add anything we want to adjust to the list. We're not going to rank them. We're just going to add movies that we've seen since then that we want to actually uh, 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 talk about because, you know, a lot of us didn't see a lot of films from 2020 because of, well, covid Uh, And by the way, it is happy official uh, Immunity Day for me. My second shot officially kicks in on Thursday, so I am two weeks out for my second shot. It means I have a lot of shit to catch up on. But before we get to all of that, we are going to talk about the Grindsploitation Film Festival that I've been talking about the last few episodes with Richard Tanner himself, who's already online. Say hello, Richard Tanner.
2: Hello, Richard Tanner.
1: Hello Richard Tanner, how you doing sir?
2: <laughs> I am doing pretty good, pretty good, having a gas station sandwich right now, but you know, still good.
1: <laughs> oh, excellent, well sort of excellent. Um, I Let's see, we're having technical difficulties, but I do have a guest host tonight who joined me at the Space Station Film Class this year, the sophomore critic himself, Oren Conan. Welcome sir, you're on with the Sexy Witches, hello. And we hear nothing. Like I said, we're having technical difficulties. Um, uh-oh. We can't hear him. So we'll get back to him because I'm going to tell him, sir, if you can't hear me, hang up and try again or use a direct connect through your laptop. <clears throat> and But we'll get back to Oren in just a minute. Okay, Orin's dropped. Great. Um, we have, Richard, the line has blown up. We have not one, not two, but three callers online. So let's oh, wow. bring them in one at a time and see who they are. I bet you you might know a couple of these people. Let's see. All right. First, in the 912 area code. Hello, sir. You're on with the sexy witches.
3: Hey, how are you doing? This is John Devlin.
1: John Devlin, hey. the star of one of the segments of Mother News, presents Once Upon a Nightmare, the film that Richard directed. So hello, John. How you doing, sir? I'm
3: doing well. How are you?
1: How was your wrestling match this weekend?
3: Oh, I had to I had to cancel because I was oh. uh, had the an ankle injury. I mean, I well, made the show and I did a promo, but I couldn't wrestle.
1: Yeah, I know you couldn't wrestle, but you said you were going to attend to keep yourself relevant. Is the word you use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asked.
3: So I, okay. I kind of set up for a match later on.
1: Oh, excellent! It's always good to set up the <laughs> matches. Okay, well hold on the line, sir, for a minute. We got to bring our line blowing up tonight, so I got to bring on two more people. Let's see who else is on the first half hour. All right, we got. Let's see, it's spinning, ah uh-huh. 706, area code, you're on with the sexy witches.
4: Hey, this is Dan Beck.
1: Dan, hey. hey. Okay, Dan Beck, he is the editor and awesome dude, Wages of Sin, we'll, you can, we'll give you a whole, uh, whole resume in just a minute, sir, but you also worked on Brother Noose, uh, Once Upon a Nightmare, and worked on... In particular, two particular segments of that film, including one of my favorites, which is The Real Boy, which Sean Devlin also starred in. So we'll talk about that soon. How are you doing since the festival, sir?
4: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. A little tired, but I'm doing well.
1: I'm glad to hear from you. Hold on just for a moment. And last but certainly not least, oh, where did we lose one? I don't know. Um, We'll see. 202 area code. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Hey, this is your
5: I'm Sorry? Hey, this is orin your co-host.
1: Ah, okay, good. So you're actually on. Hello, sir. All right, so he's my guest host for this segment tonight and he probably will stay with us for the uh Oscar recap at 9:30. But first, let's talk about forget Oscars. The nudity in Nomadland was just literally her sleep, uh, floating in a, in a lake. Uh, so when you talk about blues and nudity, blood and gore, you don't get much better than the subgenre of Grindhouse. Yes, I know Grindhouse isn't really a subgenre. It is an umbrella statement for a type of movie house that was very popular in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. And you could pretty much not know what you were going to get in a Grindhouse film. It could be Love and Blues Exploitation paired with, like, a mainstream film, like Monster Squad, for example. Uh, You never know. Uh, but at this, at this festival, you kind of knew what you were getting yourself into. Less blood, boobs, score. It was sponsored, uh, by the same guys who do Genre Blast, which is a fall festival, uh, film festival at the Winchester, um, usually grind flotation in Winchester, Virginia at the Alamo Draft House. Usually, um, grind exploitation is at the Chattanooga end of things in Tennessee, but because of COVID, they brought it up here, and I was able to go and witness which Richard, John, and Dan, and their new film, Mother Goose Presents, Mother News Presents. See, so yeah, I already stood up. Oh, what's on a nightmare? <laughs> but not only that, Richard, what is the big announcement you have for my listeners tonight? How well did the film do?
2: Uh we're award-winning <laughs> we yeah, won the that's... face grinder award which is not just any award but the flagship award
1: flagship award it is the, the, the best picture went to christopher bickle who's also a friend of this show um and and uh he um won with his movie bad girls which by the way i do highly recommend it that was actually one of the better films at the festival Uh, But Richard wins the Face Grinder Award, which is their grand prize for something, a film that has some kind, it's the overall idea of grind-sploitation. And uh, and honestly, Richard, your film does have, and and, and Dan and and John, your your film does have a lot of heart, yet completely raunchy. And I just want to ask John something in particular. How did it feel to watch yourself literally be pegged on a screen that big?
3: i thought i was gonna be more nervous about it than i was actually uh and and more awkward but i don't know it wasn't it wasn't that bad actually the the anticipation (laughs) of seeing it was worse than it actually was
1: i can understand that actually your segment and and dan and uh you know um his his counterpart eric poe who's not on tonight have a lot to do with your segment, The Real Boy, and I will say that it was absolutely gorgeous on the big screen. Um, the whole film looks is a very colorful movie to begin with, but I thought in particular that segment looks really, really good on screen, Dan, so congratulations to that. Thank and John, you. and Thank Richard... You for being the mastermind of this whole thing. Um, Most of our listeners know about the film, so we don't have to go into it because we've talked about it. What, Richard, we've been talking about your film for over a year now?
2: Yeah, it's been a long time coming.
1: Yeah. So it's been a long time coming, but so let's talk about, and we're going to bring Oren in on this too. Let's talk about the film festival itself and that experience. And um, let's start with Richard since he's my boy, and then we'll bring it to Oren because Oren who had never, he's not even a horror fan. And I dragged him to this thing, going, "Let's see if you want to see something completely different." So it's funny because at first he was like, "Yeah," by the end of it, he was like, he, he, uh, "You liked and you liked Ninja Badass. That was your favorite film of the festival, right?"
5: Yeah, I, I think that. Well, I I, did, I slept through some of some of the stuff on Saturday, but I think for me it was a weekend of trying to challenge my genre bias. The sort of like feeling I'm like this isn't for me I was trying to see how much of a chance I could give it and see if I could see things from the eyes of people who liked it you know
1: so so Richard uh, and mm-hmm. the filmmaker to beat because um, you were like aching to win even though winning is relative for a film of your style um, what what about what did you like about the festival and when you and I'm gonna just take it all this basic question around to everyone? What was your favorite films of the night, shorts and features, and um, you know overall vibe from the show itself?
2: Okay, so this was a whole different can of worms for me because I thought I knew film festivals, but I've only been to one. I went to uh, The Black Cat at La Chat Noir uh, down in Augusta. That wages That's really how I met Wages of Sin and Dan Beck with that. But I'm used to everyone being really drunk and passing out in the screening room. And then you go and you meet some celebrities at conventions and you come back and you throw a beer can at the thing. And those are my kind of movies. <laughs> like, I'm safe with those. But this is like everyone's really quiet and paying attention and taking notes. And I'm like – Oh, and the very first short, I was like five minutes late from checking in to get in there, and I think the very first short I saw was called Breathing Holes, which was a Japanese movie that is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, and it was heartbreaking. And I'm like looking at Dan going, we need to go. Now our movie shouldn't (laughs) be here, man.
6: So I was
2: freaked out at the first, and then – Then it started getting a little bit better because I started seeing some other things. There was one short called uh, Something Something Courtney, which was about a guy who was playing a really trashy prostitute, and he was dressed in drag the entire time. And I was like, okay, this feels good because it was was actually a really good short. I liked it, but it was like this is a little bit more DIY. I feel this. And then we got into the uh, feature films, and there was Slasher at Party, Ninja Badasses, We're Not Here to Fuck Spiders, which is brilliant. And um, my favorite and it, of
1: the weekend, Bad well, Girls. I would say Bad Girls was probably my favorite, and I made a mistake. Christopher Bickel won Best Director for Bad Girls, but don't we don't fuck spiders? Actually, won Best Picture. And um, we're not here to
2: fuck spiders.
1: We're not here to fuck spiders, which is a Australian phrase, apparently. That movie was serious. The rest of the films, even including yours, had a, like, a wink at the camera or was just the fun vibe. That movie wasn't fun in that way. It was a pretty serious yeah. movie. It was, a, it was like if kids was done by adults through found footage and how far can you go with it? Uh, you know, mm. it it's a pretty serious movie. Um, and, and I didn't get to see the whole thing because we were late, unfortunately, on Friday. Oh, yeah. But boy, was that cool. So, John, I'm same
2: question.
1: Oh, no, hold on. No, I want great. to Good. say
2: that we're not here to fuck spiders. Anyone that ever gets the chance, just know that it's the meth-head version of Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, and a found yeah. footage for
1: them. Yeah, that, that's actually a pretty sound uh, 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 description of what that movie is. John, what about you? Uh, what was your uh, – what, what did you experience at this thing, and how did you – what was so, your – So, I had, to leave,
3: I had to leave a little early because I had to go to the wrestling show. Uh, so, I only – got the first half of the festival. Uh, as far as feature films, I really liked We're Not Here to Fuck Spiders. It was like an immersive experience because everything's shot in surveillance camera and you kind of forget you're watching a movie. You think you're just like watching these people live out their crazy fucked up lives. And uh, I thought it was really well done. The effects at the end were crazy. Uh, and as far as the short films go, uh, I thought, what, Hospital Dumpster Diver? I thought that was a really fun uh movie kind of reminded me of, like street trash or something with like the the visuals and uh my favorite short though was probably the most controversial thing i saw there and i've seen it a long time is that lifelike short film that i don't think anybody was ready for yeah that, um, yeah, the, that won. yeah that one
1: yeah that one best short um lifelike i i don't even know if we want to spoil what it's about because half of the reason yeah, that I film works that. is is the is the reveal and within about two minutes into the film yeah serious movie it was the vibe of once again don't fuck with spiders or we don't fuck spiders i'm gonna fuck that name up um <laughs> it, it, that movie even though it's a serious film and it's played completely seriously it's still very much a genre picture and there's a lot of enjoyment you can get enjoyment from that movie in the sense that it, you know like what's happening next Life Like isn't that movie <laughs> oh <laughs> that no no oh, that's heavy hit you in the <laughs> face with a sledgehammer um and actually it stuck with me i will be honest with you i haven't gotten that one out of my brain and i think it deserves oh, yeah. to win because of it and there was a lot of good shorts i thought the shorts program this year especially that first round the what the fuck shorts were particularly mm-hmm. solid that it started with the the uh, hospital dumpster diver, which uh, is like Muppets on meth. It's it's absolutely yep. not even Muppets on meth. That's like Meet the Feebles. This is like Muppets on meth, meth melting in acid. I mean, it's like the creepiest, weirdest. Lots of syringes, lots and lots of syringes. Oh. Um, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Dan, what about you? What was your favorite?
4: Um, like John, I really liked Hospital Dumpster Diver. Like that—that that was, that was a really cool short. I, I like the the puppeteering in it. I like the look of it, the colors, and it was a lot like Street Trash, Which um,
1: I'm a huge fan but, of Street Trash.
4: Yeah,
0: y'all are. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Matter of fact, um, I forced Orin to watch Street Trash before we went to the festival because I'm like, if you can watch this movie, you can get through the festival, because uh, he, he had no idea He's that, like, that why. Good litmus test. So oh, he didn't even finish the movie. He didn't even get to the penis evisceration. But anyway, Dan, we'll get to or <laughs> in a minute. Um so uh, so what was your favorite feature again?
4: Um I like Splash Rat Party, but uh Ninja Badass was that was a really fun ride. I enjoyed that. Uh because that was Sunday morning, so that's like two days of watching movies. And Getting up tired and watching that, I was just, the whole time I was just enjoying it. So I think that might be my favorite. What's funny about
1: that movie is that it is absolutely executed well. It's got really good editing. Yeah. The cinematography's good. The effects are cheesy, but they work. It's, you know, the, the, they the, the, they yeah, they totally work, uh, yet it's completely stupid. Like, like, like the plot <laughs> itself and, and, and the performances, it's just, it's just, it, it's low brow humor in the lowest possible brow humor you could get. But for some reason it works. And, and Oren actually said that that was his favorite film of the festival. And I'm just wondering at that point, was he maybe just punch drunk? Cause we might've all been punch drunk at that point. Cause we've been hitting uh-huh. what, this festival. <laughs> literally you had what maybe half hour breaks. That was it.
2: Dude, it was it was
1: killer trying to go through that. I've done that uh, before. With Nightmare Film Festival, they do the same thing. Like you have like a forty minute flip between films and that's it. So Mm
4: -hmm. Well we we do we do a a night of we we're doing a night of sin and like those are the kind of movies we'd look for. I mean those fun movies. And that that just that's that one's right up my alley. I, I really love it. I like the the humor of it. It's simple. It, it just keeps you laughing the whole time, and, and it it just bombards your senses from start to finish.
1: And the lead won best actor, which was nice to know. Was <laughs> uh, my favorite part. Ryan uh, Harrison. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Ryan Harrison, dude, who I think also gets the, the writing time. credit, right? He gets the writing credit for that movie. <laughs> Um, I think
2: he did directing, editing. I think he just did everything. I think everything. he did it all, right? Well, I,
1: I I've already talked to him on my way out of the out of the festival, and I am intending to have him on a show in the near future. So look for that, because um, uh-huh. yeah, I absolutely want to talk to him about this movie. So, and I know Bickle. If I ask him, he'll come on at some point. So uh, I've never actually, yeah, totally. Because I've had him on panel. Totally forgot I did. This is my first time, So yeah, I mean like he, he he's, he's always at Days. I met him at Days of the Dead. Like like he like I when I started managing the B track with Nathan, he was on some of those panels, and he was actually it was towards the ends of his run at Days of the Dead. Like we kind of like traded places, in in you know in in the scheme of things, it was kind of interesting. Anyway. It was kinda of neat we, you know, we free screen, people in you know, the free world. <laughs> Go
4: ahead. I was gonna say we screened Theta Girl with uh, those guys down at our Night of Sin and Bickle came down, we got to hang out with him and stuff. That was that was a fun time. He's a pretty and cool I, dude.
1: And by the way, thank you for your, your giving me a copy of Theta Girl, I I have it. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, I I have I my call special call independent call film call shelf. Call. So I'm gonna bring it to the newbie in the group. Orrin. So, obviously, we have, uh, as a panel here, we have some experience with Grindhouse and raunchy films and horror films. So, as a completely green person, uh, what was your experience? And, and, and not just Ninja Badass, what other, did you like other films that you saw?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think there was, um, I mean, it's when you watch a lot of films of a certain genre, you can see people's take on it. I thought. Some of it was stuff that might not have ordinarily appeared. Just part of it is my taste. Um, I absolutely agree that Hospital Dumpster Divers did something interesting with, uh, you know, the genre. Kind of, it felt, I mean, it's from Norway, and it felt like the, the little of Ingmar Bergman, Bergman I think. Um, I thought that my, as I said, I it would have been incomplete if I didn't see the uh, the Ninja Bat. because that moved me like in a visceral kind of very emotion. Uh, very, it moved me like viscerally, like I was I wasn't thinking with my head. I was just like along for the ride. Um, the the I, I could see moments in a lot of the things, like the the Mother News one that you know we have the crew on. I could see certain moments that I thought worked. Um, I could appreciate there was kind of a a solid take on it. I like people doing different things to source material. Um, I noticed that I think, you know, it was interesting being in the audience and watching. It seems like people kind of enjoyed things maybe ironically, or they cheered at moments when things were a little bit over the top or things were a little taboo. And I think that was part of the grindhouse experience. Uh,
1: I would say one of the biggest laughs of the night came from, uh, a, a short called Hostel. Who is also a friend of the show, Jeff Strand and uh, his 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 wife, Lynn. Um, oh my God, oh, you can you know you know Lynn right? <laughs> <I'm> blanking <laughs> her last name. Why is that? But Jeff Strand wrote um, Hostel, and uh, Lynn's gonna kill me. I mean, it's like we're friends and stuff, and I can't. I, it tells you Brilliant. it's been a long day. Brilliant. Uh, huh? So, but anyway, Brilliant. I digress. Yeah, it was funny. It's And it is. It is a take on Eli Roth hustle. It absolutely is. But it, it also, um, it's just, it, it's definitely Death Strand's humor. <laughs> you know, we all kind of recognize him uh, in there. And it was really cool. I really loved it. And I thought that was fun little film. I also want to give a shout out to the Crocus, the Democrasaurus short. I actually really like that one. Uh, Do you guys remember? Did you guys see that one? Yeah,
2: it
0: was
1: a time
2: film in the middle of the night. I had no idea that was happening.
1: And, oh, my God. And then there was even one that was shot around the corner from where I live now. And I thought that was funny. I mean, there was just a lot of wildness going on. And uh, Lynn Hansen, by the way, oh, my God. There it goes. There it is. Uh, you think I would have known that? I mean, I did know that. I just, oh my gosh. Okay, I digress. But yeah, uh, there was just it, it. It was funny because I, I the the crocosaurus one though with the with the whole eagle head and his dick and and he had to wear do rag too. Don't forget that the do rag was the most important part. Uh, so uh but you know yet a lot of these films might be silly and fun but there a few of them crocodile Markothor- i mean the Markothor- definitely had a, a bit of a message going on lifelike certainly had a message going on so there is a, a little bit message. of a weird one but it was a true message uh, it was an yeah, honest cool <laughs> honesty like that doesn't come across very often in movies um and it's pretty scary uh it, that movie is naturally scary i think um uh, but uh Do we have anything else we want to talk about before we move on to Oscars? Because we're going from Grindhouse to the Oscar house in about five more minutes when the other sexy witches come back on. Um, What would you want to say, Richard, now that we've had this experience and your team here? Because you have an amazing team here, John and Dan and Eric Poe. Uh, and then you have the, don't forget the women in the group too. We got Aaron Brown and we got Cassidy who looked amazing. Oh my God, did she look gorgeous on film? I just can't believe how beautiful that girl is on camera. I mean, she's already beautiful, but you know what I'm saying, right? That like, <sighs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Nathan looked amazing on screen, by the way. Nathan Hamilton, friend of the friend of the show as well. <clears throat> Don, you looked fabulous. Absolutely fabulous, and and um, thank you. And I also want to know: Are you going to do more acting? Because I think you've got something going on, sir, besides your wrestling.
3: No, I don't stop. I, I've been acting. I know <laughs> acting.
1: No, I'm teasing you. By the way, I know you, but uh, do you have anything up the pipe, though? Really?
3: Uh, I got one that I just wrapped on that I can't talk about yet.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, but that's uh, good. You wrapped uh, though.
3: Yeah. And uh yeah, I've got I've got some other things planned for this year. Uh it kind of depends on, you know, if they get funded or not some of them, but and I'm working <laughs> on a fan fan film short at the moment for Texas Chainsaw.
1: Awesome.
3: Uh, but yeah, I got I, just, I got things lined up and I've finished some things I just can't really talk about all of them. <laughs>
1: It, you remind Just, yeah. me of a great white shark, John, cause, and not in, like, ferocity, but, like, if you stop moving, you'll die.
2: Oh, that <laughs> that, could, that
3: could be accurate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I do that, too. So, Dan, what about you? Do you have anything up the pipe, in <clears> or sin, or, or your own projects?
4: Uh, We got a couple of things that, you know, are still in the planning stages. So hopefully we'll be able to announce something soon. Um, But we'll see. Just been spending uh, most of the time trying to get this finalized and and done. So now it's time to start regrouping and looking towards the next project.
1: There's always another project, right? Yeah, always look for the next arrow. So, and Oren, what about you? What, do you have any writing gigs coming up? i'm
5: i took my experiences with um this uh film festival and i on my youtube channel i have a four-part series called should i watch a horror movie um that involves liz involves chad farmer involves mother uh i didn't get a chance to interview anyone involved with once upon a time a noose I also blog at sophomorecritic.blogspot.com and working on a subscription service at Patreon slash OKjournalist and just all kinds of things. Um, I'm currently also writing uh, reviews for Air and Space Magazine on uh, movies.
1: Great. And uh, you're going to stay on for the Oscar talk, right?
5: Yeah, that's my bread and butter. So yeah,
1: of course. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So Richard, now that you've won your first festival, which is like you know, drop the mic. What are you thinking about doing? What's do you? What would if? It, what would be your next project, or what would you like to do in the future?
2: So the big awesome. Before I forget, shout out to J.K. with his uh, his short. I loved it. I just wanted to get that oh. out because I forgot. Um, so for me, my next we take mother news. since the first. But then I kind of I really want to get someone big to distribute this one. Not big in the, you know, mainstream sense, but like full moon, asylum, someone like that. Because I would love to get in with one of these guys and someone to give me an assignment. Let me do evil bong twelve, you know, let me do Sharknado fifteen. Like, I don't care. Like, I would like to do that so I can start bringing my style to these things because these are the things I grew up on. And if Mother Noose does good, the goal is to do something similar and maybe do, like, an Alice in Wonderland uh, horror spin and do just a feature leaf one story with Mother Noose.
1: And just, like, at a little bit more budget every time, right? So... Exactly. Yeah, excellent. So it was lovely to see you all in person. Um, some of you I have known online for a while and have never met in person, and um, others I have known for quite a while, and it's always lovely to see you, Richard. Um, and I hope to see you again soon. I am going to be in Atlanta next week. I don't know if I'm going to see you all there, but um, but I will be thinking of you since I'll be near near your hood. So um, thank you for calling in and recapping the film festival, and I hope um, we meet at more of them.
0: Well, yeah. thanks for having us. Yeah, Thank
1: you, for for guys. Me. So keep a lookout for my boys here from the south. They are awesome. And, um, you know, I'm, and I want to shout out to um, early days of the dead, because if it wasn't for the, that press pass, I wouldn't know these wonderful men. And so I'm so glad to have them in my life. So I'm going to hang up on y'all. I will talk All to right. you very, very soon. Thank you very much. Have a good one. You too. guys good night so good night. there goes john there goes Dan. oh no i accidentally hung up on 714 call back call back <laughs> orange stay on the line richard thank you for calling and john and uh, richard tanner and john devlin and dan beck all wonderful and it's once again a shout out to eric pobe Dan Beck's counterpart of Wages of Sin um, he also acted and starred in the, and did a couple shorts, he did one called Monster Cock, that was pretty good um, so it is now 9.30, you know what I do at
4: 9.30 the name of the dance is called The Butt it's called The Butt
5: playback, Ernest, we gotta go down this way, okay okay
1: Cinematographer. Um, now, the Face Grinder Award. we I went home and watched the Oscars, which of course was an Oscars like no other. I'm so sick of that place. Um, but it was first of all in Union Station in LA, which which it, it was, was kind of cool because that is the film set for a lot of famous films, including Blade Runner, which a lot of us love. And um, in with like a COVID-safe, scattered all of these world broadcast with the core people at the show there. But one of them and the highlight of the show was probably Glenn Close doing the butt, and it turns out that Glenn Close <laughs> is a huge go-go man, and I didn't know that about her. It just made her even more cooler. I came from these, the D.C. area as I knew, and Oren does as well, that, that Glenn host into the go-go is actually a rather significant thing, isn't it, Oren?
6: I wouldn't
5: give me with scripted. I don't no. really have on authority that
1: no, she knew I, about Gogo
5: more than ten minutes before the ceremony.
1: Yeah. I was reading some arg- uh, articles and she truly is a fan of Gogo. So she knows what she apparently would be talking about. So and if she didn't, she sure can sell it. So, but before we get into the rest of it, let's bring on the sexy witches panel my normal panel my co-hosts they are all waiting on the line first of all my repo co-hosts which we still haven't done a repo this year we bring down the butt a little bit um, i know we haven't done one but i am planning to do one uh probably next month with the the wizard of Wandling lane from west virginia how are we doing sir
4: Hey,
7: how's it going? I'm great. How are you? i happy great.
1: to be here. I'm glad you're here too. Well, I'm thinking, and we should talk about Mank not winning anything last night. Right. Um,
7: yeah.
1: But okay. Mank, but um, I think next month we will do a Rufo Nerds, and I want it to be Citizen Kane and Mank, which will be first, yes. which Citizen Kane was the first watch for me this year, uh, which was kind of a big deal that I've been, I'm like in my age and never actually seen it. Um, And Make, of course, is a a supporting movie to Citizen Kane Uh, So I think that'll be a perfect opener to our season So we'll talk about that soon Um, Now, all the way in the southern realms of La La Land Where this all happens Is my cuz, General Pigtails Aaron Godin, how you doing, sir?
6: I am great, thank you How are you?
1: Um. When it comes to my film life Pretty amazing My personal life is absolute shit But things are looking up So we'll, we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed um, So uh, But anyway At some point Erin, We will have to have a real long conversation Offline because you really Don't want to hear it and you should hear it At the same time uh, I <laughs> <what's> understand <happening.
6: laughs> but,
1: but in the meantime we have Oscars To talk about and how is La La Land treating you?
6: Um, pretty amazingly. I had a, a wonderful geek day. I, Even though I'm the half-axe prince, still waiting on my second Moderna, I went and did a signing, the first one I've done in well over a year. I went up to Golden Apple, which is the spot in Los Angeles, so uh, big celebrity clientele. And uh Jordan Bloom no. and Patton Oswalt were oh, cool. signing their new comic uh Modoc head games and uh all of this of course, is leading up to next month, a little less than a month uh when Modoc will appear as a series on hulu and I am all kinds of stupid excited for it
1: nice um have awesome. you Have you been to Disneyland yet?
6: Uh, no, at this point, it's just cast members. However, I have a pair of cast members there right now as we speak. So oh. uh, I'm going to get the deets on how it's going. But just between us chickens, uh, the first thing he told me is, yeah, they're not ready. So oh. ro- ro, I, I can't wait till I get the whole skinny. But earlier this week, there was a big to do online. Um, they They lit up. The castle for the first time in over a year and it was uh, it was emotional okay i'm not gonna lie i'm a disney freak and yeah you know, kind of thing so um i'm pretty excited we are doing reservations online just for california residents and, and you're, I'm you see you, if you I can. keep a
1: season pass anyways as a rule
6: so well the know. season passes were actually scotched they um they gave people back the balance of the money on their passes and they're at this point right now there are no annual passes and there are no formal plans to bring the annual pass back which oh. has a lot of big disney files myself included kind of upset and kind of I- you know where the hell are we are we going yeah, to but- drop 180 bucks every time we go because that's, that's going to get old they, quick.
1: They're, they're going to backpedal on that, just like what they did when they got rid of the local pa- local annual pass, because the locals in Orange County get a discount. Uh, a lot of people don't realize yep. that. Um, and they pull – a few years back, they pulled that away, and then they, they – they suddenly people weren't going to two or three times a week to go to Disneyland. Cause uh-huh. You know, and so they brought it back. They brought the locals' pass back. So I have a feeling they're going to bring at least the locals' pass back because they're going to lose a third of their revenue not allowing the locals in on a regular basis.
6: I have to think you're right, and you're actually saying the common wisdom at this point. However, at this point, it's still a greatly reduced uh, population in the park itself. Now, when things start changing as far as COVID restrictions go, they're probably going to say, hey, we can stick more people in here now, well, and now with maybe now's the guidelines time to bring back the oh you
1: know, Now that people like myself who've got two shots and we can uh, take yeah. off our masks in public, um, you only have to wear them on the rides. That actually might help a lot, uh, so that'll yeah. be great, but let's move on. We've got to bring one more sexy witch on, and they're patiently waiting up in uh, Oregon in Seattle, Pacific Northwest, <laughs> wherever she, wherever this person lands, it's always a glittery rainbow behind them. Please welcome to the show, the Enchantress of Nevermore, Raven Jasper hawk How are you doing?
8: Hey, I am half vaccinated
1: hey. too. What's up, witches? Hey. So right. Okay, so let's do a quick rundown on our COVID shots. I'm at two and I'm at full immunity tomorrow. So, Oren, That's you're nice. at one shot, right? Correct. And Steve, where are you at? Steve. He's on mute. <laughs> you're on mute. <laughs> he
8: already fell. He already fell asleep. No, nope, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, wide awake,
7: wide awake, wide awake. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's early. Isn't it is. Go ahead.
7: I didn't hear my name though. What did you? What was actually said in my direction?
1: Yeah. I, well, first of all, pay attention. Second of all. I know, I know, I know.
7: I was, I, I sorry. Yeah, you're good.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I was, was asking you if what your, um, shot, if you got your shots yet.
7: I was going to go with that. And by the way, I was going to just blindly answer that. And then that would have been way worse. if <laughs> It wouldn't have been about that, but, uh, <laughs> no, you know, I actually kind of got sick off both of them. The first shot, um, made me Feel made my stomach a little upset. I had trouble sleeping, a lot of restless leg and achiness and, uh, you know, I felt lethargic. And the second shot did basically the same thing, but I think I was kind of braced for it because of the first one and it wasn't as bad. Um, And it was all over within 48 hours anyway, but I've only talked to one or two other people that had that same first shot experience. So
1: I had um, it. I had it. Really? I was sick well, for 3 days. It? back. Really? I didn't I Ooh. didn't have the fever, but I was sick in bed, I could not move. I and I went to work. I actually oh, no. got in, I drove wow. and I worked that day. And Mm-mm. um I was miserable. Oh my god, I was so miserable. And my work as you know since I work in vaccine manufacturing is yeah. super busy.
7: Oh right my god. so not a good time I, I, to be dragging
1: oh my god it was it was hell and i was sick for two more days after that and it was and that was my luckily it was a friday saturday sunday so i was you know oh, in bed unlucky. for most of it i but, I, I yeah, but, a bunch of movies and that was about as much as i could do um and oh, uh raven awful. i, I didn't know have you're the a, three
7: full days though
1: yeah three full days three full days yeah around. i'm
7: sorry yeah
1: Oh, the second one, I was about 24 hours of brain fog, and that was about and some sluggishness. I was tired. I didn't feel yeah. like I could drive. You know, that's but, same.
7: That's comparable. I kept waiting for it to get worse. I kept yeah, and, and, like, uh.
1: The next morning, I got up early and I went and got my tires changed, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I got got my smog <laughs> done. I was like super productive that morning because I had this you know, road trip coming up and I needed to up my car. Raven, so you're at one, and so is Aaron, right?
6: Yeah. Right, and I get my second yeah. one. May the fourth be with you.
1: May the nice. fourth be with you. That <laughs> is so oh, good. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, hit, and- hit it
6: and then hit Downtown Disney for those exclusive pins. Woop <laughs> Hit the Disney store, yeah. see what they got going on. It's gonna oh, be a man. Star Wars day, yo! That's crazy. <laughs> That's, that's and then magical. 12 hours hours later, I'll probably fall down with, you know, the reaction <laughs> <laughs> that everyone else is having.
1: Well, great. Yeah. All right. So now we're all got caught up. We're going to jump right into Oscar. And um, I did watch No Man Land. Um, no Man Land, right? I watched it last night oh, uh, after the hockey game. Um, that First of all, that film is surprisingly device, divisive. I know that Oren's on the uh, opposite end of where I fell on it. I actually thought it was beautiful, compelling, and very soulful. Um, and I believe, Raven, you saw it, and you mentioned it on our Best of Films 2020 while back, right? I think it was yeah, you. it didn't make my
8: list uh, that time. Um, and I'm one of the weird-in-the-middles Um uh, because hmm. I think uh, I think I get a feeling of that the overall question feels like, did you know that there are different kind of white people? Um, and that's <laughs> just like a question I, I don't You're need to ask or answer. Yeah, <laughs> like, cool? That filmmaking, the filmmaking style is ingenious. The directing is the best I've ever seen the idea I'm, to put a fictional character in a non-fictional world is brilliant. Uh, I, so I, I'm, a I guess i kind of half and half, to, but.
1: I, she was go the best ahead. director and her, I was going to say, I want to shout out to like her dress is just as divisive as her movie, but I think they both work <laughs> in their own way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go <laughs> ahead. <That's laughs> <good.
6: not fair. laughs>
5: I, I was never an anti-nomad land camp. I, um, I only just said I watched a few other movies and I just had to bump it out of my top ten. Um, I think it's the right kind of movie to win Best Picture because I think it introduces something new to the conversation. Um, it also reminds me of, um, I don't think it's entirely unique. It reminds me of a little bit of Sean Baker's films. Uh, Sean Baker did The Florida Project in Tangerine.
7: Oh, I love it. Yeah, that. okay.
0: Yeah.
7: yeah. Where it's
5: I almost see
1: that too. like, you know? Tandrine was really good. I remember that movie. Um, so, um, so Steve, uh, but first of all, uh, Steve, have you seen it yet? And, and Aaron, have you seen it yet?
7: No.
6: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Aaron, what do you, do you think? And
6: I'm in the, I'm in the positive camp and uh, I freaking love Francis McDormand and everything, but yeah, again, she's just amazing. I, yeah.
1: I, her so it was very subdued and subtle, uh, but it, it feels genuine. It feels like she is definitely part of this world, and I did like how, like one of the things that they wanted to point out is, well, ev- everyone was there for a different reason, but all of them had mm. suffered some kind of great loss, and that's why they were out there. Um, and, you know, some were finding themselves, some that's just you know didn't that is themselves now. I mean, I, I really like that aspect of it. I also really like. The locale that they chose, because those are some of my favorite mm-hmm. places. Like this weekend, I saw a film that had South of the Border in it, Bad Girls, and then I saw I went to Dinosaur Land, which is a roadside duck outside Winchester with all these paper mache. Uh, I took Orin actually, the paper mache ginormous dinosaurs, and there's a one of a praying mantis, and there's a King Kong, and you can sit in his hand, and take a picture, uh, you know, and. And so I love Roadside Duck, and they shoot in the Badlands, in the Wild Drug, and they also shot in uh, the Avenue of the Giants in California. Uh, all those are some of my favorite places in the world. So I, I, I was a little going to be a little bit biased towards No Man Land that way, cause the loca- especially the sequences in the Badlands. I don't know if anybody else on this panel has been to the Badlands. But the Badlands are one of my – it's just absolutely a phenomenal location with all these rocks everywhere and then prairies and buffaloes for miles. It's it's so worth doing. I've been through there many times. Um, and so I, I actually really, really related to Francis McDormand. Like right now with what I'm going through, I feel like I can just sell this house, get in the Airstream, and go. That's always been one of my mm. secret fantasies is just to like sell all my shit, get in Airstream, Make sure it's in good shape and hit the road. And and it right is on. possible. You can do it. Now, the one thing they didn't show, and this is a pro tip, okay, because I have actually looked into this a little bit. If you need an overnight park and you don't have any other choice, there is always one parking lot that allows it, and that is Walmart. Walmarts hmm. allow you to overnight park anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, that's why Rand McNally's often have in the back – a list of WalMarts in the um, to look for, and they sell Rand McNally that at WalMarts because of this. So um, the you know, downside is is all the lights, because you know they're bright lights all night. So you have to make sure you yeah. cover up your windows. But some even have showers and offer coffee in the morning. uh so, oh, Yeah. So so uh, the, I was really surprised. That, I guess maybe because Amazon's in the movie. It might have been a competitive thing. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah.
1: So, but, uh, Maybe, but, too. But anyway, that's a pro tip. So if you're traveling cross-country and you don't have any money and you're for the night, pull over in a Walmart parking lot. They will not bother you. So. I thought, um, the, well, um, so, I
5: think the film was made by who to, uh, to, be, to be corrected. And also Fox. Uh,
1: pop- Amazon's in the movie. She works for Amazon. Yeah, oh yes, but
5: the Amazon didn't make the movie.
1: That doesn't matter. No, no. I was making a joke cuz Walmart and Amazon's are competitors and right, maybe right. they don't want to have both of those brands in their film. Who knows? I was making a joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um so but there's a lot more movies than that bit at the Oscars this year. Uh obviously that was the big winner. It won best picture, best director, um, I actually don't remember who won best yeah. editing. Who won best editing? That uh, was metal. For for, metal. for what? Right. So sound of metal. Oh yeah, sound
8: of metal. Oh, oh sound yeah, metal. sound of metal. That's, That's right, which yeah. is like,
1: uh, which is awesome. Um, let's yeah. see. We also, also, uh, yeah. So the big three went to to uh, No Man Land. And then editing went to Sound of, uh, Sound of Metal, which is a really cool movie. Um, I was really kind of bummed that, you know, it, I want to say this. Okay. Danny Kailula is awesome. I love him, love him, love, yes. him, love him, love him, love him. Okay. I've loved him since Black yeah. Mirror. I've been a huge Me fan too. of his. Letka Stanfield should have won that. <laughs> um uh, I really do think that, like, uh, I personally, and we'll talk about this in the net, when we start talking about our, our reduxes of our lists, Judas and the Black Messiah is a really, really well-acted film all the way through, from beginning to end. Every performance is great in that film. Lake Stanfield has to do some really, really complicated, <laughs> subtle work in a very, very interesting situation. Daniel Kailua's character is is a little bit easier to play because he can be forceful and he can be powerful and and fill a room where the other guy has to pretend he's one thing and be another thing at the same time, yet also respecting the people that he's surveilling. It's a very complicated character. Um, So I was really rooting for Larkin Stanfield to win Best Supporting Actor, and I kind of wish I did. Um, and Sasha Barrett Cohen would also have been an awesome upset. I really do think that. Um, yeah. We'll talk about the big upset in a minute because, actually, let's go ahead and talk about uh, it now because I want to say something in this room. Oren, Oren in the car on the way to ground exploitation called the win for Anthony Hopkins. He might hmm, have been the only person that mentioned that he thought that performance was, was the best performance on the list. So, Oren, go ahead. Yeah. Talk about it.
5: I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. It's just a really good performance. But Stephen Colbert actually was really big on, hy- the, you know, the talk show host, Said he thought it was the best performance he's ever seen on film. So I know there was quite a bit of per- hyperbole with it. Um, it's a very demanding part. He has, to, he has to act of various stages of dementia. And the film just, it's really kind of a thriller. It's kind of... I think of it's like Darren Aronofsky with old people. It's, you know, it's very, it's an <laughs> extremely great film. I'm, I think I'm even more impressed with the film won for best screenplay because, um, you know, it, it I think Nomadland and One Night in Miami are both really impressive screenplays. So I have no, I still have no idea to this day what the white tiger is about, which is in its category, but, uh, that it one best adapted screenplay is also quite an accomplishment. And I think it. I think it's one that – it was a good year for uh, adapted screenplays, so I'm pretty pr- proud of uh, Florian Zeller and Christopher Hampton for that.
1: I, I liked both screenplay wins. I thought the good lady for uh, Promising Young Woman, because she wasn't going to win Best Director, but that was totally a good consolation win uh, to get screenplay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, both those wins were pretty nice. Um, let's see. There was a couple of non-surprises. Um one of them was Another Round, which is a, uh, once again, right. Mads. If you put Mads in a movie and he has to speak his own language, you're going to win an award. It just happens. Uh, <laughs> he, this is not the first time a Mads Milkinson film has won International um, His One of his other films, which I highly recommend, A Royal Affair. Oh, my God. So good. Um, he, won for, <laughs> his, he won for that, too. Uh, and of course, Soul won, which honestly, other than uh, right. the, um, Wolfwalkers, which I would love to see that company win something someday, uh, you know, Amen. like the Secret of Kells, it's just such a good movie. Uh, and then they keep doing good films. I mean, Breadwinner's mind-blowing, uh, but Soul, I would say for a Disney film, is pretty good, and I'm kind of happy it won. That being said, for the last 15 years. It's either been a Pixar film or a Disney film that is one. The only other time that one of them hasn't won was Miyazaki and Spirited Away. That's it. Um, so, like the are Academy sure? is kind of stuck on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
5: Wallace and Gromit and won. I, I, I don't know what what they are.
6: Yeah.
5: Also, Ren- I, Ren- I, Ren- I mean,
6: they have overwhelmingly Disney, dominated, Disney but I think they're like like. Uh, Three fifths of the wins. I don't. I don't think they're okay. like. Uh, I might be wrong on my stats.
1: I took that note because, and I actually wrote it down because somebody told me that note. I was I was following something this morning. Maybe I heard it wrong, but either way, well, I should. Still, I will look that up. I'm not sure not myself. You got Rango won that one year, which I still think was a great yeah. win, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. To, you know. But really, the, tr- the truth is, though, it, they, they need to get out of Disney's butt and, like, actually, like, <laughs> have these other films win. Like, Kubo and the Two Strings should have won its year. Uh, you know That was so neat.
8: That animation was beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, so, but Soul is really
6: Did anybody see though. Over the Moon? Yes, yeah, I, I did.
0: did.
5: I totally did, and I'm not a fan I... of that Wallace and Gromit type of humor, personally. I was actually pretty upset when Wallace and Gromit won the year at one just because I just feel it's very – I just don't think it translates well to adults. It's very – you can watch it with a kid, and the kid will like it more than the adult does. And then I with – I completely what?
1: disagree with that. And
6: I'm uh, sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I, I, disagree I disagree as well.
1: Oh, my God. I do I disagree with that? that?
5: a kid and an adult will enjoy it equally. I think that Soul – I mean, I feel like the parables in Soul, like, Stopping and enjoying life rather than chasing a dream. What kind of – how often are films intelligent enough to preach such a lesson? How often are films so – you know, Soul, I think – when Pixar wins for a sequel, I'm very disappointed. But when they do something original like Soul or Inside Out, like Inside Out is it's psychologically so well-researched. It's just,
1: it's just oh, such Inside a, it's Out
6: just, is a much a better, better film, film than Soul. Than Soul.
1: Uh, inside out is is, is 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 sad and depressing. <laughs> I love it though. That
6: too. Uh, it, it's that too. Um over yeah. the moon though was not the Wallace and Gromit one. Over the moon no, was the not. uh the joint the, the joint uh, production Japanese with the Chinese
1: one. One. Oh, Chinese exactly. one, you're right. Yeah, I saw and that yeah. with my daughter. We watched it together. Um and it's actually similar plot to Soul in a weird way, but soul is probably a, it's definitely the better film of the two um, yes soul has one of the most beautiful animated sequences i've ever seen and it's the sequence in the barbershop which is like it, it, yes. it, it like, yeah. like like there's a lot of fantasy elements to the the obviously the afterlife and all of that but um steve you're back on by the way um but uh uh you know th- that I can't even explain how gorgeous and detailed that sequence is. Everything about it in the, and even the script in that sequence is amazing. Um, so that makes I would have done I a love, whole film
6: like that and been happy.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Though so I do like, you know, do you know who Jean Moreau is? Yeah. The artist? I actually thought yeah. that most of the afterlife sequences remind me of a Jean Moreau of painting or sculpture. Uh, especially the yeah. the guides because the way that they because i walked through the museum in barcelona and there were figurines like that and i keep looking at the extras to see if anybody was shouting out to jean moreau with those images none of them are saying they did so i was curious about that so but anyway so, so it was a good That's win, a good though. catch I, it, it was uh it's a good win oh and my my Octopus Teacher is also a very good win for Best Documentary Feature. That was awesome. Um, and uh, on Trent also won. Trent Reznor won his second Oscar, guys. Yep. Second Oscar. Yep. So um, I always Tony away tonight. from it. He got. I know. No, I know. It's true. He doesn't have a Tony. I was joking. Right?
6: I want to thank you nope. like an animal. They asked him <laughs>
5: about it in... Uh they asked him about it at the uh, press conference uh, in the post Oscar press conference he said he would definitely consider Broadway
1: Um, well, most he, likely he's not a, not Ego, a Broadway he, he version to to <laughs> so,
0: uh, the downward spiral. Most likely, a it's Broadway definitely. version
5: of a Broadway version of Soul or something would be something that would definitely cost over pretty easily for him
1: well sure. yeah be... and Disney that's not unprecedented for Disney to do that either so he's uh, a natural extension. Uh, let's see. Uh, and and speaking of, uh, I played earlier uh, her um, the fight for you, which is
0: yes. Oh my God!
1: Song. I I was so secretly, good. but I was secretly rooting for Um uh, They yes. nominated the wrong song. The idea that they did not nominate Yaya ya Ding Dong, I think is going to be a, a, a huge snub for the generation. <laughs> you know, Yaya ya Ding Dong was probably my favorite musical moment from last year. Um, so, um, Would the Academy ta-
6: really vote for Yaya ya Ding Dong, though?
1: I don't care. I just wanted it to be performed on stage. That's all I care
8: <laughs> about. I mean, up right
6: on. And
0: I
8: want to hear someone, like, really – uh, high caliber. Read the <laughs> announcements and have them just hear someone like Benedict Cumberbatch say the nomination. Oh God! You know what I mean. Oh, and, so it doesn't matter if they, have they someone win. Someone you're
1: someone right. Someone serious yeah. like Al Pacino or someone like that in the audience going Play Yaya Ding Dong. <laughs> that was <evil>. <laughs> <laughs> Would watch. <laughs> That's how that you was... save the Oscars. Yes. Now, go ahead. I did lie, because Mank did win one award, though it was snubbed in almost every category it was in. It won for cinematography, uh, which I'm not mm -hmm. so sure. Well, maybe. I mean, it it, it was post-conversion black and white. They did not shoot in black and white. Um, If they shot Mm -hmm. black and white, I might give them more credit for that. But uh, it still looks really good. Uh, But the other movies look just as good. Uh, You know, News of the World is a Western, according to Orin. I still need to see that. Um, no Man Land is just gorgeous. And so it's The Trials of Chicago 7. I really like the design on that movie. Wow! Um, yeah. So um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom uh, won both makeup and costuming. I still think they need to break up the makeup category. Oh, my God, it is getting worse. Yeah. But I do want to th- that we have our first people of color winning those categories. It's kind of more overdue than even director in some ways. I mean, it it, it makes no sense that that, there's never been a group of color winning makeup or costumes. It's just baffling to me. Um, So uh, visual effects went to Tenet. Eh, I still wanted Love and Monster to win. (laughs) So, but it was nominated. So there was that. Honestly, though, if we want to say the best visual effects this year went to Color Out of Space. Uh, th- that was my favorite. Yeah, but there, there's no way in hell. Yeah, in no one's gonna nominate that movie for an Oscar. Um, let's yeah. see. And uh, any other? A and award though. Uh, yeah, it did win a chainsaw award for makeup actually. Which, by the way, is yep. my favorite part of that movie. Uh, the the llamas. Sure. Oh my god, they yeah, the llamas out. are <laughs> the best thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, the okay. llamas are just That's oh my so god. so crazy. Oh my, it is great. Um, Orin, uh, Colorado Space, you might actually be interested in. It's a Lovecraftian adaptation starring Nicolas Cage, and it's about aliens. And it, but it's so much more co- it's different, complicated than that. So I, I would, I would say that it's that's a, that's a, you might actually like that one. Uh, so try it. Um, and then last but not least, Mink gets two awards because they get also production and design. So it looked pretty according to the Academy, but it didn't have anything else in it. <laughs> um, so, But we're glad. So that's the basic Oscars. The the show itself, yeah, how did we feel about it? It was okay. I actually thought it was a little dull, um, other than Glenn Coase doing the butt. Um, the speeches were okay. Um, the, uh, I
6: freaking the, loved Harrison Ford.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wherever he oh is, no matter my where God. he is. God, Harrison
6: just, Ford reading the executive screening notes to the editor for Blade Runner. Yeah. The voiceover is terrible. The audience will fall asleep. Is uh, he on it, drugs?
0: It Are they wrong.
6: all on drugs? It's amazing. I, I think I posted the whole list uh the original screening notes uh, to the Archivist Bet on Sexy Witches. Oh, on you, I have- yeah, you did, you did.
1: Oh, my God. Really? I haven't so seen good.
7: that. Thank you. Thank you. Oh I'm going
1: to have to read God. that again. That is, I had a blast checking that out. I, Thank you. I There's hated another layer to that, though. Go ahead, Raven. What? I, there's
8: another layer to that, which is anytime Harrison Ford is speaking anywhere, he looks like he <laughs> wants to be anywhere but where he is. Yeah, So that is put on mind. top of that a layer of, like, some kind of self-loathing, but also, like, outward loathing uh, towards yeah. everyone who's listening, uh, yeah. and it makes it doubly hilarious because he doesn't look <laughs> like so. he'd rather be anywhere else.
6: That's he serious. just wants to be left alone in peace to crash his airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <Right>. I think <laughs> he's earned that. Yeah, yeah. you should see him on the top show <laughs> circuit. Uh,
5: when he's on Jimmy Fallon, Fallon, I feel like Jimmy Fallon's life's in danger. <laughs>
0: because Jimmy (laughs) Fallon and
5: Harrison Ford are like oil and water One is just way too excited about stupid things And the other is just, you know
0: Um, I think that I think the the thing
5: that confused me most about the night Was Jokin Phoenix Has been pretty averse and antisocial Through most of his career Last year he was passionate, if nothing else I mean, he was maybe a little overly passionate and excitable, but he was, you know, he was talking about veganism and everything and fixing everything in the world. This year it looked like he regressed to like five years. Like, I don't know. He's like, he, he, was, he did not look like he wanted to be on stage. It almost looked like he couldn't even remember the actor's names. He was honoring. I don't understand Ooh. what happened to Jokin' Phoenix when he presented Best Actor.
1: Maybe, mm-hmm. well, right. I it also was in a really weird placement in the show because they don't normally end with best actor and they did this year which kind of screwed up because everyone thought it was going to go to chadwick boseman from Ma Rainey's black right. bottom and it went to anthony hopkins which aren't well, called so that's I, the other it,
8: reason they had him as a presenter
1: is yeah because Someone last year also
8: i mean this. of course he has to he has to because um Well, actually, they don't have to, but they used to do um, the swap where Best Actor would present Best Actress. Right. I I feel like they – what?
1: I thought I preferred that. Go ahead.
8: Oh, and this year it feels like they switched it because last year he talked about his brother and his brother dying early – Um, and romanticizing you know um, what happened not what happened but just like the life that he had with his with river and so it seemed like they Mm. set it up so that someone who had lost someone could present the award to someone who has passed away and it would end on this swelling emotional note and that's why they put that in that slot as well instead of best picture there and then Everything they had bet on fell to pieces when it was Anthony Hopkins, and then he wasn't even there. And then it's, okay. Yeah, hey, it I'm a, West Love. Watch Anthony my movie. Bye. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. You know,
5: Anthony Hopkins actually, his agent said that he would zoom even though it was late at night in Wales.
6: Yeah. That he would zoom into
5: the ceremony, and the producers denied him the request. So Anthony Hopkins was yeah. wanted to have been there.
6: Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That, that, that was a bad call, Ripley. It's way a bad call. Yeah,
5: absolutely. He gave a nice acceptance speech the day after, after he had a good night's rest, which if you're 83, you probably should, you know, don't wait in the <laughs> middle of the night for the award. No. Right.
0: Yeah. Fair.
6: Well, it was the lowest ratings of all time, and all they time tell me that Steven Soderbergh was producing, but it didn't really... Seem very Soderbergh-like to me. I mean, no, the
5: opening credits. (laughs) Yeah, thank
6: you. The opening
5: walk with uh, the opening credits with Regina King um, were really Soderbergh-esque, and the the way they did the Best Director presentation, where they asked each of the five people and they translated into Korean what it means to be a great director. I thought was really nice. There were some nice touches. There were some nice speeches, like when Sol gave his speech. I liked the Danish guy's speech. I liked the Minari woman. San Batista's yeah. speech was incredible. Yeah. But you can't credit the director if people are giving great speeches. I do have to admit that Dan Kaluya's accent, I, it's from a part of England that it throws me off. He seems a little it, – it, it's a bit incomprehensible to me, so I'm not sure what he was talking about. I know <laughs> he had a famous line in there about <laughs> parents having sex that – at least yeah, it was entertaining, if nothing else. But, <laughs> but there were a lot of the speeches. You... Even like the editing guy from um, the one who went for uh, editing for Sound of Music was very sweet. I could tell he was like a very shy guy, and like you know, just sound everyone was very... Yeah, he said "Sound of Music." <laughs> sound of Metal. That's
0: 1965. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did anyone
6: know, think about? Just wanted the, to clarify. Um, what does everyone think about the In Memoriam? Because that seems I hate to be it. the rude. biggest. It was rude yeah. and
8: disrespectful. I, it, yeah.
1: it, was it was like disrespectful. It was flashcards. <laughs> it was like someone uh, was just throwing you. cards on a table. Names
8: before. I, I read really fast, and I still couldn't read all of the names when they got to doing one slide per half, you know, millisecond. Yeah. And then and, they, and there was they no would slow of down. The
1: person or no reference to what they did.
8: No context. No right? context. And they still skipped a bunch of people. Jessica Walter yep. wasn't there. Thank
5: you. Don you. know, um, from Gilligan's he, Island and uh, Honor Blackman from Goldfinger. But I'm not sure if they're yeah. considered big enough stars.
8: Honor Blackman is oh on that list. Pretty much everyone to be Yeah. It was and, a bad and, year
5: for uh, James Bond because the villain from um, Moonraker also died, and he was also in some big films as well as one he, of the best he was actors in ever Ronan. in the French industry. Michael Lonesdale,
6: he, I
0: think is his name.
6: Yeah, he was fabulous in Ronin. He's like one of my absolute favorite parts of that movie. Um, I agree with everything that's being said. Uh, I do not have a problem with the Stevie Wonder song, which some people yeah, have said bothers wow. them. Okay, good. So no,
5: that, that was a problem, few times but where you have an uplifting song because it's such a depressing year. So Celebrating life. Yeah, yeah. I I
8: like that. Right on. There's all, there's also like a global pandemic, so maybe your audience is expecting that people like more than ten people died this year. So it's Nicely okay said. to have more than one song. It's okay to take your time for just a minute, and if you are trying to edit for time. Do not edit the memorial. You just spent 25 minutes getting to the butt, and I'll tell you, the butt is great, but there's other things you can cut and trim um, instead of this moment, because some people, that's the only reason they watch. They want it. Yeah. They're catching up. Like, oh, crap, I no didn't doubt. know that.
6: Uh, so I it was, never. it was
8: kind of, I thought it was rude. Go ahead. Sorry.
6: I have gone to a, a a dozen Oscar parties, and I have never, ever, ever once not heard somebody somewhere say, "Oh, I didn't know we lost them."
5: hmm uh,
6: I didn't know we lost uh,
5: Alan Parker, and I just saw um, this film called Bugsy Malone he made with uh, all kids. Games. Yeah. Your film was weird.
1: Oh yeah, with was Jodie Foster and yeah. Yeah, Jodie Foster was in it. It is a very strange movie, but it's kind of cool in its own way. So... So... I don't know what this means for the Oscars. I mean, this year and last year, it just kind of threw everything off anyways. Um, and hmm. it was kind of bizarre because a couple of people were like, yeah, this is the first time I've been out to do anything and I'm in a full tax. What the hell? You know, uh-huh. <laughs> they, you know. so, they, you know, this was like, you know, they they just it, same as I did. We were like, oh, we're not vaccinated. We can go out. We're vaccinated. We can go out now. Yay!" You know. Uh, it, so maybe next year it will balance out and be more of a quote unquote normal year for Oscar. Cause I mean, the problem is is they, of course it's not going to have good ratings because most of the films people hadn't seen yet, uh, you know, mm. uh, you know, and, and that's always a little bit of an issue with the Oscars, but usually some things out within limited release and, in L.A. and and in New York, and that's enough to get it eligible for Oscar. Uh, So uh, that didn't happen this year. There was no film festival circuit, even though uh, in some ways some film festivals had more reach this year because they went virtual. Uh, But still, it it was such a bizarre year that, you know, maybe this is anomalous and it'll go back to, uh, you know, what – But at the same time, we have to have films that people actually want to see, like, or are aware of, you know. And and these films would have done better if, like, let's say, my Bowtie Annapolis Art House was open, which it wasn't. It just reopened two weeks ago. And then it opened with Promising Young Woman, which makes me happy. Uh, So, um, and speaking of Art House, I have one more Oscar announcement before we move on. And it's a side... it's not not about this year's Oscars, it's about next year's Oscars. So, as Ooh. you know, I am an associate producer on the Stylist Uh Jill devarian uh Gavarian's film, right? Jill Six's film. And um well, uh, it got a distribution deal with Arrow, right? It also has been running the yeah. festival tickets Um yeah, what is that? It's someone's eating? Please stop. <laughs> It sounds like someone's eating on my on my microphone. Um, but so mm-hmm. so uh, the film festival circuit it did really well with. Um, hold on just a second. I'm gonna fix this right now. It's exactly what I thought. Okay, <laughs> don't mute your mute your mic if you eat. Anyway, um, so <laughs> um, it was awesome is that um, it got accepted to the Florida Film Festival a couple weeks ago in Orlando. That is an Oscar-eligible festival. If you play there, you're eligible for Woo-hoo! Oscar. So that means the stylist has officially made the long list. Congratulations. Nice. Yeah. That is um, awesome. It's just the long list. there's a lot of fucking, it's a long list for the reason, right? There's a lot of movies. There's usually like 300 to 400 titles eligible for Best Picture in any one year. But it doesn't matter because it's just that it got accepted into a festival and enough people have seen it that it could, could you imagine if Najera Townsend or Obrea Grant got a a nomination for acting? I mean, the idea of that would be like That
0: would be badass.
1: It would never happen, but it would be awesome. Or or if it got a surprising <laughs> cinematography or screenplay nod. But, you know, it's not going to happen, but it doesn't matter. G- the girls can dream. <laughs> and, and, it is, and, that, and that Jill is doing so well with this movie is beyond uh, anything I can imagine. I'm so happy for her. Uh, she uh, Not only is it, was it number one on the Arrow app, it's the most streamed film on Arrow, period. Uh, nice. So, rocking yeah. Right on. Which is like a big deal, you know what. Um, that's super know, impressive. On the Arrow. That happened. Yeah, is rocking. Yeah,
7: and it's well deserved. It's a great film.
1: I've decided to keep my Arrow for, I got the $50 a year package, and I've decided to nice. keep it did. for a year.
7: It's pretty cool, right? There's a lot of stuff on there. Like, I watched the original Django from 1966. Uh, nice. Recently. Nice. A lot of, a lot of cool stuff on there.
1: There's also Bat Pussy. Have you, any of you streamed Bat Pussy? <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Yeah,
7: but
8: I haven't
2: been in the mood for a old
8: porn. I don't think I have.
1: Lately.
8: I but,
6: no Bat Pussy. No um, no yeah. I wish
8: it was Bat um, Pussy. Um, it's in my queue now. I wish it was <laughs> Bat Pussy. Oh, oh my god!
1: Oh my. So, uh, it, okay. So, I'll 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 not talk about Bat Pussy herself because she's the only good thing about the movie, if you can say that is a good thing. But basically, it's like right. watching this really annoying couple try to fucking fight for ninety for sixty minutes. Like you always cheat on me. Well, you move up back and forth. It's just it's not pleasant. They're not mumblecore.
0: Well, wow. No,
1: they're just ranking on each other. They're not even That's nice. Like like, and, and the sex is bad. And so that's not redeeming it, right? Because, you know, you can get through bad dialogue in a porn film if the sex is good, vice versa for that matter. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, but no, (laughs) the bad pussy part is kind of funny. I won't get into it, but this and there is some moments in the score that are entertaining, but that's seventy point seventy porn for you. There was always entertaining strikes in the in the score somewhere. Um, I love the score to deep throat. Bubbles is such a great song. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I watched Bat Pussy. That almost made me want to delete my arrow app right there. But I also <laughs> it's my fault for putting it on. I I put it on willingly. Bat pussy, sixty. it said sixty-nine minutes. We all make I'm like, I, Yep. So I watched Bat pussy. But there's a lot of great stuff on. There's a lot of video nasties on the Arrow app. Uh, you know, between that and Shedder, you've got almost all of them at this point,
8: right? I just so. got Night Flight also, and I love it.
1: Ah, cool. Oh, that's what
6: I
7: want to get is Night Flight.
8: Yeah. Yeah. It's only four, yeah, $4. ninety-nine a month, amazing. and if you're a young in uh night flight was on USA i believe 1981 to 1988 so it predated yeah. MTV but they showed a lot of music videos and a lot of new weird uh, music and experimental videos uh weird clips from public access shows and then d movies and sometimes wrestling there's a bunch of old wrestling on there there's a bunch of um punk rock interviews there's a devo documentary there's a wendy o documentary it's pretty badass so even if you just get the first four dollars and 99 cents like i think you'd have plenty to watch during the trial awesome
1: and and I highly obviously I'm biased because the stylist is exclusively on the Arrow app, but I really love right. the Arrow app and liking it. Shutter mm-hmm. is on fire right now as well. If we're talking about films. Yeah. Uh, uh That they, they've been adding more and more great content. Joe Bob started up again with a couple of great episodes back to back. Oh my god, so good. Um and Orin, I want, yeah, want Orin to start watching Joe Bob because. Um, yeah. he's a ner- he likes the information, uh, so he can get the context and the backstory to some of these movies. Because sometimes how a movie gets made is better than what ha- than the ex- execution mm-hmm. of the film, especially in horror. Like look, talking right. about a Herschel Gordon Lewis movie is sometimes better than yeah. one. <laughs> so.
0: yeah. I don't Someone's know about on this that. Friday, right? Yeah. <laughs>
6: yeah. So, you know who's you know. going to be on with Joe Bob this Friday, don't you? No. Jeffrey Collins. Oh, that's
1: yeah, Jeff. Oh yeah. my boy, my boy! Oh my God! Yeah. What are they playing? They've already done Castle Freak and Reanimator. He never says. He never
6: says. I wonder
1: which one it's going to be. Oh, they well, haven't done. The from, they haven't done from Beyond yet.
6: Oh, that'd be cool.
1: There you go. Yeah, that might be it. Um. So, um. You know, and and now that let's move on to our actual. We're not going to redo the top ten like we did before. But what I wanted to do is to, like, you know, I wanted you guys to compile a list of films that were eligible for our countdowns, but we didn't get them in for some reason. And, or if you wanted to reshuffle your list, we can do this now. And since the Oscars was a good time to do that, because some of those movies would have been on our list. Um, one of them did make my list actually um, after I saw it. Um, we're going to talk about 2020 Redux here. So I want to start with Raven on this one, and then I will call everyone out. In a, in a, in a, so uh, I'll call you guys out the be ready to be on the jump. Um, and, and if you hear a movie, we've already talked about it. Uh, once again, you can pick something else from the list. We're just going to go around one movie at a time until we're off air. It doesn't matter if we go to number one, but we can also mm-hmm. save our, our um not save it okay the one film let's start and we're gonna start with raven and i'll call people out and we'll try to keep the order but i'm really tired so and i thought to pack for atlanta i'm really busy guys Uh, so um, (laughs) let's start with the top one if there was a film that would have knocked your top one or two off the list raven do you have a film that would have done that
8: Let's see. Um so my original number one was Sound of Metal.
1: Mm-hmm.
8: Um I th- I think I would still keep that there, but I would probably squish between Sound of Metal and Soul uh the new Zappa documentary called Zappa, which is on <laughs> Hulu. Directed by Alex Winter, who you might know as Bill from oh, really? the Bill and Ted series. Yeah. And he he had more than 10,000 Zappa fans help him put this together. And um, yes. one thing that is personally cool for me is that my grandfather used to be the editor of Computer Magazine uh, back in the olden days, and Frank Zappa called called my grandfather's house and my uncle hung up on him because he thought it was a joke. And then Frank Zappa called back and talked to my grandpa about making the first computer animation movie. Uh, So my grandfather and uncle, who was really excited and 18 at the time, got to go to Frank Zappa's house and talk about this project. The computers weren't quite to where they needed to be to do this though. And what that project ended up being turned into 200 motels. Oh uh, so my some God. Of the, yeah. Wow. Some of the adjacent stuff is really personal to me. And so that gave it uh, just like an extra layer of cool. But I think it's also good if you're a Frank Zappa fan or it's also a really good introduction. So it doesn't really matter. It's not like an advanced documentary, because I feel kind of like an, an intermediate to advanced fan um and there was still a lot of things I was unaware of and a whole bunch of unseen footage so uh if if you're someone who's already a huge fan there's still stuff you never you'll you've never seen before so it's pretty fantastic and that's I think I said on Hulu did you guys get um, to see that no but no. I
1: definitely now I you that you say that oh my gosh I mean that it sounds like you're fantastic my... You know, yeah, check the, it. one of my favorite things all the time is the dental hygiene movie uh, in 200 Motels. It's actually <laughs> one of the funniest <laughs> segments. I'm stealing the room. I say that all the time. No one knows what <laughs> I'm talking about, but I do. I'm stealing the room. Um, so anyway, uh, especially when I'm in a hotel, I usually yell that. Um, and Perfect. I did this weekend. I even did. Okay, so let's go. Let's we'll keep it on the West Coast. Aaron, same hmm. question. If there are a movie that would knock out, potentially knock off your not top one or two that's that you have seen since then, what would it have been?
6: Um, nothing really knock it off. However, something I would definitely add that I hadn't seen before is uh, Another Round, uh, which I nice. did enjoy. It's got some problems, but I... You know, I again, you should have some females as you know characters rather than wives, but we could get into that another time. Um, I'm I'm interested to see uh, what the American remake looks like. Uh, there was a huge option for it even before it won the Oscar, and uh, Leo DiCaprio's production company beat out Jake Gyllenhaal's company, so it's going to be Leo in the uh, remake. And uh, we all know how much he's been uh, going after another Oscar. So is it possible we'll see an Oscar from a previous Oscar film? Maybe.
1: We'll see.
8: All right. I I watched that today, Aaron. And uh, I also got to say the last, 20 minutes have some of the best choreography I've ever seen. Yeah. Like Christopher Walken, weapon of choice level, amazement. Yeah. So uh, even if you don't care about the movie, watch the last 20 minutes. <laughs> do you, you think the American
6: version movie. should be called The Power of Positive Drinking? Yes. Okay. I will call Once Leo. Get, we'll get it set up.
1: It has a lot to do with the mad, though. He's he's like Oscar B. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know,
8: well, his range winning. is amazing. His—if yes. uh, you've seen him in anything else ever, you'll be like, "What? <laughs> I've never seen him do anything like this." Because in everything <laughs> he's in, he does something different.
1: I love, I love the mad. He's very likable
8: in this, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: He's—he's likable even when he's a horrible, weird, scary cannibal dude. Uh, you know, sure. uh, <laughs> you know, there's something alluring about the Mads. Even in that silly, what was that 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 John Wicky kind of knockoff movie, Polar. It's not very good, but he's oh, yeah. still compelling. I mean, he's never mm. bad in the movies he's in. It, the movies, uh, but he, not all the movies here he's in is good, which is an issue. But like, but right. anytime he's in Denmark doing a movie, that movie's gonna win an award.
0: Like it riffing. just happens. Like with, yeah. it,
1: yeah, so, Steve, same question, and I hope you don't drop off again. That's the second time I saw you leave. I know.
7: I don't know what's going on here. I'm sorry. Um it's luckily okay. Luckily, it, it's just giving me back on. I, uh, you know, I just basically, like you said, some movies that I thought I wanted to mention that were kind of special that didn't maybe make my last list or I didn't get to highlight. First up, I've got a um, – it's a smaller independent horror film. Um, oh, no. there's an actor who's been in some stuff named Jeremy Gardner and uh, spe- this is a movie called After Midnight that he uh, co-directed with someone else named Christian Stella and it also co-stars uh, Brie Grant again, Brie Grant, there she is again yes. and he from last podcast on the last fame and uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead uh, the great filmmakers um uh, who are currently ruling Netflix with some chronic? They produced this uh, and kind of backed it, and Justin Minson co-stars. But it it is a quick rundown. It is a pretty quiet, subdued science fiction horror um, horror film. It's also a romantic film. Um, it, it, the the romance between Jeremy Gardner's character and Bria Grant's character, who they get into a fight. They are kind of living together, stuck in this town and. He lives on a a big farm that his father inherited that he inherited from his dad, but he's not really a farmer. They're kind of hipsters outside of the city and she wants to live a bigger life. Kinda of stuck. So they have this fight and in the morning they wake up uh, he wakes up and she's gone. And she just uh leaves this kind of cryptic message saying she might be back, might not be back and It follows him over the next month as at the same time at night, late at night, um, there are these attacks from this beast that keep coming and attacking his house, this vicious beast that he kind of starts having this kind of showdown with. Um, And where it goes, whether or not there's an actual monster, you know, or this or whether or not they're going to get back together, kind of all kind of – you know, kind of interweave in this cool way, and, and like it's just a smart screenplay and funny as well. So, if you get a chance to check that out, if you like. Now, it is it is quieter. You know, it is it, it's more a little subdued. The scares, they're good scares, but you know, it's very deliberately paced. So, um yeah, it's uh, but it's it's a good time. After Midnight is one of the coolest, uh, I guess, smaller budgeted. Uh, uh, films I saw Last year at
1: all And I wanted to Augment my list also With a Bria Grant movie Because I went on a Bria Grant binge Because of, of The stylist So um, she also She was on a friggin roll last year um, She did yeah. She directed a film which didn't make my list, but I do think this group should see and Orange should also see it. it. stars Angela Bettis. It's called 12-Hour Shift. It's about a nurse that sells um, human organs on the side and hijinks and two. Oh, wow. It's a very dark comedy of errors. Super dark yeah, comedy pretty of errors. It's cool. It is. It's kind of cool. Uh, the one though I thought was interesting and kind of stuck with me is a movie called Lucky, Um, You can see it on the Shutter app right now. Um, She stars in it, and it's a metaphor for domestic violence. Um, It's very interesting. So she's sitting on the couch with her husband, and they're having a nice evening. And she's like, so how's how's everything going? And he goes, oh, everything's going great with us, except for the guy that keeps coming over every night trying to kill us. She's like, what? Yeah, you heard me. The guy that comes to our house every night tries to kill us. And she's kind of like freaked out by this conversation, which most of us would be sure enough that night a guy comes into the house and tries to kill us and they try to kill him and they successfully kill him. They call the cops and everything's fine. And she goes, this is going to be really bad for us. He goes, oh, yeah, it is going to be really bad for us. But really, it's going to be more bad for you. Um, That's coming from her husband. And then it gets weirder. Um, he suddenly gets in a fight with her and disappears. And all it is, she's left alone in the house with a guy that keeps trying to kill her every night. Um, and it's a endless cycle of cops coming over, people trying to kill her, beating her over and over and over again. And um, you know, people trying to do the right thing, but you know, people like trying to help her with mental illness, but they're making it worse by just. It, it, and it really kind of. It's a really interesting film. Um, I would recommend it to this group here. Um, and and, and it's, it's, domestic violence is, is a really hard fil- um, sell on film in general, even as a horror film because people don't like, you know, unless it's Home Invasion, people don't really like watching other people beat on each other. Um, but the way mm. they did this, it fed it in a more abstract realist way, which made it easier to digest the material. So, um, it, yeah, it is very much an abstract realism type movie. So, uh, so Lucky. I recommend Lucky, and it's on the Shutter app. Um, Oren, you don't have a top ten list, but what was your favorite best picture of the nine that were nominated? I do have a top ten list. Well, did you make one for my show? Of course, but I'm oh. not going to time for the whole thing, so... No, we're not asking for the whole thing. We only read our top fives, anyways. Uh, so, what is your top? Talk about one of your top one or two films. Any of the film, and, and do you think it's better than? If it's if it if it's not an Oscar movie, do you think it's better than any of the Oscar movies?
5: Of the Oscar movies, the my number two is an Oscar film, which is the Trial of the Chicago Seven which is funny because I usually find Aaron Sorkin very insufferable, especially in the 2000s. I just find him very preachy and, um, you know, he couldn't get out of his own head. But I really loved Molly's Game, which I just didn't think. And then Trial of the Chicago 7 was fun. It showed that he could write a lot of different characters, a lot of different voices. Um, It's one of the best. I'm a humongous fan of Inherit the Wind and Judgment at Nuremberg, so I wouldn't say it's the best courtroom drama I've ever seen, but it's up there, and it certainly pokes fun at... I mean, it certainly challenges the notion that justice is really always on the nose in this country. Um, I'd also like to add... My number one is Tom Springs, which a lot of people have probably heard about. My number three, if I may talk about that, is uh, an HBO film, which normally wouldn't be eligible as a movie, but this year they made it eligible called Bad Education with Hugh Jagman and Allison Janney, and it just is kind of a...
7: Yeah. It's
0: just a
5: movie that shows that people can um, justify, you know, evil in very easy and slippery slope kind of ways. And in this case, the evil is embezzlement. And uh, it's just a really, um, it's really a very relevant, I found it to be a very relevant film. So that was one of my top ones this year.
1: Nice. Uh, I totally forgot about Bad Education. With that cast, I That's should have put it in list. already. It's on your list. Excellent. Raven, yeah, for, I'll maybe read that list. Raven, we're okay. back to you. So, what, what oh, do you want to talk oh, about then? Here I am.
8: I was so, <laughs> I was so yeah, into here I it. Am. Here we go. My <laughs> goodness. All right. So, um, I really wanted to last time just give a little moment for Elizabeth Moss, who uh, was in my yeah. two honorable mention slots. Uh, once for The Invisible Man and the other for Shirley. And, oh, um, yeah! holy cow, The Invisible Man pretty much swept the Chainsaw Awards, which is Pangoria's Horror Movie Awards. Shudder hosted them live this year. I know Liz and Steve watched them live. Such a good time. I did as well. I
1: definitely did. Um, and I was so happy to see Gigi Sarriero give the Best Picture Award. Who is my girl? She's yeah. been on the show. One of us, one of us, Google Gobble.
0: Love culture um, shock.
1: Yeah. So um so yay, shout out. There was that part was good. Um yeah. Go ahead, Raven.
8: Absolutely. Um, uh, The Invisible Man I think is a really great adaptation. Um, most of the times it's adapted, it stays a monster movie. Um, And this is really much more about gaslighting um, and Mm -hmm. it's about um, trust between the people that you know, and um, it's, it's done just so well that the opening scene, I almost choked because I didn't realize I was holding my breath. (laughs) Like, oh, cool, I don't know how to watch a movie anymore. (laughs) um, (laughs) It's really intense in spots, and I was just, it's not ruined by any special effects stuff they do. They don't turn it cheesy at any point. Um, It's always a thriller, and um, it's much more Hitchcock than, like, um, old Universal monster movies. So... um, there's a lot of homages to things and uh a nice attempt at diversity. <laughs> but uh that's still on it. Oh, I think it's leaving HBO um in two days. So if you're gonna watch Invisible oh, Man wow. you better do it oh, now. Yeah, it. Um, all right. Absolutely watch yeah. it. Um It's, it's totally it, worth
6: it. it.
1: It is. It's yeah. really good. It would. It would have made my top ten list good if trial. I had seen it before my list as well. Um, and yeah. um, I would actually say it would. It, it and Lucky would pair together because they're very. They're oh, covering really? very similar themes, but from different aspects gotcha. of the material. Uh, yeah. So gotcha. uh, I really think you. Yeah, pair those two together. That's a good idea. So um, all right. So Aaron, what about you? What do you want to augment, Redux your list? Um.
6: I have under the Midnight Sky, which uh, made my original top 13, and I might even move it up a little bit. the The major thing problem I have is it's it's a very good film, it's a solid film. Uh, made National border Reviews reviews uh, 10 best, and it was nominated for best Visual effects uh, this year for the Academy Awards. Um, my main problem with this film is that the uh, the trick, the conceit of the film, uh, not to give too much away, is very, very, very much like a story gimmick trick from another film with George Clooney. And it's just odd that George Clooney would direct and produce and star in a film that's so in that way like uh, this previous other previous film. Um, that's it's long. worth watching. It I'm sorry. That's odd. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I I know why he would want to do it. He was very good in it. Uh there's a whole bunch to like about this film. Um, it's science fiction and it's kind it's not even post apocalypse. It's kind of the apocalypse is happening right now. And uh it's got some really very good performances, and some really holy shit stuff's going down. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it, when you see it, let me know, because there's much to talk about with the whole little gimmick of it.
1: Hmm. And where, is, where can it know.
6: be found? Uh, you can find that on Netflix. Netflix.
1: And what is In fact, the, it's,
6: uh, a, film that it's is a Netflix film, and the, the title of the film is The Midnight Sky which is based on the novel Good Morning Midnight and again there was a big huge auction over the novel back in the day uh 2016 and Clooney got it.
5: What is it, oh, well, is I did it, watch it that. imitating? My guess is Solaris.
6: The Midnight Sky.
5: No, but you said it was imitating oh, a different Oh, uh,
6: yeah, the other film is uh Gravity.
5: Oh. that's what I thought. But that wasn't a George Clooney property. He was just an actor in it. It was yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, he, not- he's
6: very much associated with the, the thing that gravity turns on, right?
5: Yeah, he's kind of. So why
6: would he do another bird film bird that much like it? That's just it. odd. I, don't well, know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: Well, you know, well, let's you know, Matt Damon. Anyway, uh, I just watched The Martian. Uh, this weekend too, of all things. <laughs> so you know they just of everybody in this place. Um, let's see. Uh, let's go with Steve. 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 What's up, Steve? All right. Hey. Hey.
7: Hey. Hey. Uh, the, that was fun. The next one um, I really wanted to talk to talk about that I didn't get a chance to last time was the Mortuary Collection. Oh okay. And, yeah, that I know Shutter? this is. Yeah, this has gotten um, more um, love um, as it seems like since as as it's been on Shutter for a bit in the months. Um, it's easy to see why. I think a lot of uh, it seems to be the horror overall is having a moment, and um, people like anthology films, and um, this is a good one, and it has. Clancy Brown in one of his I think uh, better roles in a uh, long time if not uh, ever um, the colors are great in this you know um, the stories are fun um, it's easy to access it's out on Blu-ray and it's streaming on Shutter. it's just it's fun it's, it's a movie that I would just put on you know I like Creepshow I like Tales from the Crypt if I'm just having you know if I just Halloween flavor it's, it's good for your spooky fix
1: Nice. Spoopy. Um lo- and it and it also I forget what it won for, but it did win a mortuary uh, a, a chainsaw, right? Best a actor. actor. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the That's chainsaw right. awards, was,
8: short.
1: That was fun to watch that sh- uh, live. You know, there's been a lot that of was like, great There's been a lot of like awards just, and the Rondos just finished their closed out their nomination, so we'll get their win nice. soon. Um and oh boy. uh so that's always Ooh. a big deal. And I, I'm really hoping JK wins for his Richard Stanley interview because You too. That would be so sweet. And and interviewing Richard Stanley is not something anybody can do. <laughs> He's it's not true. the easiest interview. So you know that he actually got him to sit in a room, talked to him, and mm-hmm. was able to transcribe what he was saying is pretty amazing. So shout out to uh, you know to J.K. because um, he was on our countdown last time. So. Um, mm-hmm. I did want to talk about my favorite movie of the Oscar films that I saw this year. And then I've mentioned already a couple of times on this podcast, uh, but uh, it was uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, it, a lot of people last year really loved like no, love these Black Klansmen. And I came out a little cold mm-hmm. from that film. I thought the story was amazing and compelling, but I thought the execution of the storytelling was a little over stylized for what a story of that on its own. And I think a lot of the issues I had with that film were not in this one. And this one is really, really like character driven and after based performances and it was my favorite um acting performances of the oscar lists as well nominees um once again i still still was wishing that latkes stanfield won for uh he was also by the way in uh, lovecraft country so he had a really good year last year mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but i really wanted him as bill o'neill to win the award but I wasn't upset that Danny Kaluya won. I just kind of wished it was lackeys. But I knew people would, would go for this last year performance. But they're solid performances all the way through. Um, and the story itself is, is really heartbreaking and tragic. And I was a blubbering mess by the end of that film. I was like, even though I knew exactly what was going to happen, but it also makes it super relevant, especially with our last year, um, to say that this shit hasn't stopped. This is not a problem that is only a few years old. We've been having issues with, with this kind of violence on black men since the beginning. you got to remember around the same time, we also bombed a Black Panther um, installation in the 60s with a bomb. We dropped a bomb and killed a bunch yep. of people. Uh, you know, so yeah. – uh, you know, it, 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 there there is there's a lot of stories that people have forgotten that we got to start reminding some of these kids about that this is not isolated incidents. um You know, so I really think it's it's a timely film that way. Um, I actually think Lads also a timely film in many ways because you know there are you know there's a whole subclass of, of of I like houseless people out there that most of people don't even realize exist. So I do because I work for the park Mm -hmm. service, right?
5: Well, there's a good book I recommend uh, on the topic of Nomadland called White Trash by Nancy Eisenberg, E-I-S-E-N-B-E-R-G. Ironically, there was also a book called Hillbilly Elegy, which sort of explained the way that poor white class, but the movie was made by Ron Howard, and he's never very good with book adaptations. So the movie was pretty oversimplified and not particularly enlightening, Sorry for interrupting, but uh, on the
1: top oh, of the Nomad list. That was good. And actually, you were up anyways. Um, so, um, uh, where was I? Uh, so, yeah, just Black Messiah, I really do think people should watch that one. If you haven't yet, I really liked it a lot. Um, and, Oren, do you, you have another? How about a film that has nothing to do with Oscar on your list? Um.
5: Well, there's an independent film called "Blow the Man Down," which is my number four. Is uh, "News of the World"? We uh-huh. talked a little bit about that. That's a western. It's uh, the western is the western hero is traditionally kind of a loner who has no place in the society, he's civilizing because he's an outlaw. So this is like, what if like Ethan Edwards in The Searchers? What if he wanted to be happy? Like, what if you know? Isn't <clears> that a it's about a Western outlaw who like dares to be happy and has all the, it's a great question. Um, if you want a more independent pink, has anyone ever heard of blow the man down? It's on Amazon original. Yeah.
7: yeah I'm um, curious.
5: I very much enjoyed that. It's, it's a noir with, uh, it's a, it's a kind of a, it's a noir set in Maine. I, I wouldn't call it a film noir because it's, it's not lit at nighttime, but it's, it's a it's a crime story with traces of noir, and um, both the protagonists and the antagonists are elderly women, which I thought was kind of unusual, um, and Margo Martindale is absolutely terrific as the owner of a brothel, uh, which is one of the main sources of revenue for this town, and Joan, Jane, June Squibb, I believe her name is, Annette O'Toole, and someone else are maybe opposing her, and there's a couple of murders that shake things up. And it's a really, it has a very strong regional flavor. And I like the idea of just kind of a movie starring elderly woman in, in both the good and the bad roles. And it was a really interesting film. I, I enjoyed it very much.
1: Very cool. Well, excellent. Um, so we're back around to Raven. We have time probably for one more round before we should go for the evening. So let's, Give it one big more punch, and then we're going to book out. So what's your final, let's put the button on 2020 and start concentrating on films like Psycho Gorman? Yeah, Psycho Gorman.
8: (laughs) Well, um, I think I have a good 2020 ending note for my list. (laughs) Also on Hulu. Hulu is like a lot of my movies this year. Uh, possessor yes. um, And directed by Brandon Cronenberg um, Oh wow <laughs> You oh, heard the Dan name Cronenberg That's pretty much all you need to hear
1: <laughs> I don't right? see I had it as your number say? one This year
8: Yeah that's my number one That was your one. Oh my gosh yeah. I just watched it
7: <laughs> Crazy right
8: So good um yeah i think everything else on my list uh we have kind of covered i i did we talk about i'm thinking about ending things last time no we did not but i did oh, see it wow Can't yeah um, for
0: sure.
8: i really liked that too that's uh written and directed by charlie kaufman it's on netflix it's based on the novel by ian reed and um it's about a girl going to visit her boyfriend's family for the first time and half of it's the ride over there and then the rest is what happens there but it's almost done as an internal psychological suspense Um, and then there's a bit of absurdism hanging around as well Uh, Tony Collette is the boyfriend's mom and then the guy that plays the dad is David do list, I think is how you say it. He was oh, Professor yeah. Lupin. Oh, uh, so oh, he's also in Naked,
1: naked which is a fantastic movie. Does oh, yeah. the novel
5: or the source material make sense? Is it coherent because the film is maybe half coherent? It's a very thought-provoking, like, what do you think kind but...
1: mm-hmm. it's, it's of happened? It's a definition of... I haven't read the I novel didn't I not it uh, no, I don't think we have, but it, it it is definitely an abstract realist film, and it does demand a lot of the viewer. I do agree with that. Uh, but mm-hmm. but you know anything with Charlie Kaufman is always a little bit on the absurd side. That's one of the reasons why I love him. Uh, you know, it's worth, like, a, it's worth a peep. Yeah, take a definitely. gander. Yeah. If you can't handle yeah. the first ten minutes, it's probably not
8: for you. It's slow. Yeah. It takes a while. Mm.
1: And it doesn't mm-hmm. answer its questions all the time either. No um, it, just, it, it it it'll
8: give you more. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep. So so or answer it, something else. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just go to the left now. Uh so <laughs> excellent. All right, Steve, put a button on your twenty twenty.
7: All right. Uh just one more that uh I did not get to talk about, um was uh Gretel and Hansel. Which uh, a lot I of people were really I that too. Yeah. Um. I, I. What'd you think? A lot of people were really split. Um. But I, I loved it. Uh. I, Osgood Perkins made this. He also. Uh. He is actually Anthony Perkins of you know, Anthony Perkins famed Son. Uh. He is. Um. Uh, he made the Black Coats' daughter. I am the pretty thing that lives in this, in this house, and um. Gretel Hansel. Now he has a very uh, atmospheric. Um, very much a slower uh, burning kind of building type film, very deliberately paced again. And uh, his films, you can they can be seen as bleak. They often deal in kind of folk horror, and they can be quite horrific and shocking. Uh, they fit in the mold with a lot of like more um, kind of of the new horror that is coming out. Um, uh, some people want to s- s- bring out that elevated what have you Orion made this but it could fit in like an A24 type thing um but anyway it's atmospheric there's a great performance at its center uh by the witch um it's 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 a pretty cool take on the fairy uh it's 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 pretty dark um and it's just really pretty to look at I think or captivating to look at and it's got this very like I said kind of slow building atmosphere that I just kind of eat up in my horror. So yeah, I'm glad I got to mention it and I think it it's kind of it started off last year. It seems like a long my button on it, uh now with this one for Gretel and Hansel. Uh
1: yeah, you know, Allison Craig is particularly good in it and so is Sophia Willis. Yeah. Um she's really good. I think Sophia Willis oh, yeah. mm-hmm. might be a force to be reckoned with for many, many years. Um so let's keep a look I always root her on when she's in a in a show. Um so um, I wish it stopped the landing. I think it kind of ended abruptly. Honestly, Steve, like all of a sudden, it boom, it does. It's over, and and it there, does. There was... I... But that's really the only – the buildup to the point – I just wish the payoff was as good as the buildup because the buildup is pretty good. And there's a lot of yeah. chemistry between Alice and Craig and the kids in the movie. Um, so yeah. um, it they see, it, 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 that part is really, really, really cool. I don't um, think
7: it's as yeah. good as his other two movies, though, um, but I do think it's, it's still pretty cool.
1: But this is also more approachable than his other two movies. Uh, For sure. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, there's that too. This is, this one is one you show my daughter, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I,
7: definitely.
1: yeah um, I, by the way, I showed her slacks the other day. Uh, nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, oh, she relax. watched it with me and I highly recommend slacks. That's going to, so far so was fun. 2021 that was with, fun. slacks is in my top 10 right, right? now. So, um, but anyway, right I digress on. on that. Um, Let's see where we got the studio. Aaron, we have to put a button on it, right? Right on. Um, well, We haven't got the orange yet. We'll, or, I, think, I went out of order. I, get, I think I missed Aaron. That's cool. I got, so I think, Aaron, you're up. Uh, you hey, words,
6: um, yeah, just a quick note on uh, my top one, uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the final season, uh, episodes 9 through 12, the last four episodes. If you put those together as a movie it would be in my top three Star Wars films of all time Um, again that last shot uh, in the final episode is the single best final shot of any Star Wars property so far Uh, can't recommend it enough and we're leading up to May the 4th be with you when we will get the brand new series The Bad Batch so go and watch those you will like (laughs) it And then the other thing that made my top ten uh, is Death to 2020, which is made by uh, some of the people who did Black Mirror, uh, a couple I of creators. That. And it's it's a mockumentary, and it's hilarious. And if you need Even a laugh, 20. watch that.
1: Yes, yeah, I've totally watched that. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, yeah. Was that it's Death really short. It's 70 medium? minutes.
7: Yeah, we watched
6: that. That was cute. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's there, uh, in it. Hugh Grant is in it. Again. Yeah, it's really
1: funny. Yep. And uh, last but not least, comedians. Yeah, it's a comedy. Yeah, uh, it is definitely a comedy. It's, uh,
6: it's uh, a it's a, a year in review for 2020 and how much it sucked. And then there's all these comedians like Tracy Ullman plays the queen, and. Uh, Kumail Nijani is in there, Lisa Kudrow, Hugh Grant, Samuel L. Jackson. He's got some of my favorite lines in it. It's a lot of fun and really short, uh, an hour, 10 minutes.
1: Oh, yeah. Good fun. So, yeah. So, Orrin, I'm going to let you have the last movie of the night, and then we're going to sign out. So, So, what's the last movie you want to talk about?
5: Oh, I'm torn between Kajillionaire, The Dig, and 7500. Well, I don't go with 7500. It's a okay. film on Amazon with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's actually had a really good year. Um, he also was in Project Power with Jamie Foxx. So it was actually a really pretty innovative superhero movie. 7500 is a basically a film about an airplane hijacking that's very tightly shot. It's it's theatrical it's shot in a very tight i mean it's, it doesn't involve a lot of characters um, it could be an ordinary action movie in different hands but in this in with this director whatever you know whatever crew made this it's really a film about lifeboat ethics and you know what what happens in a worst case scenario uh, you know uh, told through the eyes of a pilot uh, as his plane is getting hijacked and his the mother of his baby is in the back of the plane. Um, it's just a very, it, you know, I like films that are thought-provoking. And it's, it's not just a thriller, it's also a thought-provoking thriller. So I really like that a lot. It's in my top ten at around eight, I think.
1: Well, oh, great. So there's a lot of good films in 2020. We just had to wait for them to actually come out where we could all see them. And I think we have definitely covered a lot of great films, so thank you, everyone, for being on the show tonight. Um Thank you on everyone from the that uh, came called in for the Grindsploitation Film Fest. We had four people on the line. That was amazing. Um, so um Lauren, once again, before you sign off for the night, where can they find you online? Lauren is he still there? I don't hello. Know. Hello. Oh, hey. 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 Well, all right. Well, he lost a chance for a plug. So I'm going to jump back to Raven. Gosh. Raven, where can they find you on the interwebs? And do you have any appearances coming up? Hey,
8: I got cast on a couple of things, but I can't talk about them yet, but I will say. Oh. Um right. I would like to use my uh, information tonight to please ask for... Donations to the Clinton Street Theater, which runs the longest-running Rocky Horror Picture Show in the world.
0: Uh,
8: One employee, Nathan Williams, it's his 40th birthday today, has been running the projector by himself. And we were supposed to have the first tickets available again after he's been by himself for eight months. Uh, We just went into emergency extreme lockdown. So on Saturday, Nathan will be celebrating his 40th birthday, volunteering to keep the film running. If you can, please go to donate.cstpdx.com to donate to the theater. And if you'd like to donate to Nathan for his birthday, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash Artemis, A-R-T-I-M-U-S, tree frog. Please yeah. tell him the Sexy Witches sent you. Nice.
6: Awesome. Right.
1: And
6: don't forget,
1: Raven, to post that on the Sexy Witches plays and put it on the profile. Uh, I will. my personal profile and tag, people. Awesome. Uh, Thank you. So, yeah, because, you know, a lot of people read for the blasts on my personal profile, which is Elizabeth Catherine Gray on Facebook the easiest way to find me. Um, but before I talk about Mopsug, um, Aaron, where, Aaron Kogan, where can they find you on the interweb And I believe you have a movie and a film festival coming out in the fall.
6: Oh, yeah. So, uh, yes, yes. Um, well, uh, as far as finding me online, uh, you can find me on the Facebook and the Twitter tweet, tweet, tweet. I am at Aaron Sama. 1313 and Sama is the Japanese honorific S-A-M-A all one word Aaron Sama 1313 um, a couple things I wanted to point out to you uh, Dana Gould who's one of my favorite comedians has written an episode of uh, creep show on nice. Shutter that looks to be fucking awesome so look nice. for that also on Shutter uh, Ken Russell's the Devils is going away this week.
1: Yes, it is. Do
6: not miss it. Cameron, no. Valerie, Vanessa Redgrave, do not miss that.
1: If you've never seen that movie, oh, oh. watch that shit. Watch that shit now. And also, The Boys um, in County Hell uh, just dropped on Shutter, which is an Irish you film that everyone away. should watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So check that out, too. Um Shutter's rocking it right now. Uh but yeah, yeah no, but no it is doubt. losing it is losing the devils and that makes me sad because I was so excited that Nap an app actually had it uh, and unedited too. <laughs> yeah, the, the unedited version. So, um so Steve Wizard Wandling, where can they find you on the interwebs?
7: Uh please always uh follow me uh at Creepy Lovely on Facebook. That's just one word, Creepy Lovely uh Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh anybody interested in writing, hit me up there, DM, we're gonna be uh doing some new stuff and hopefully publishing a lot of fun horror uh content. So yeah, check us out. Thank you.
1: Excellent. And is Orin back online where he can hear me? Of course I'm here. I was online. Okay, so- I- all right, so we're gonna once again tell where they can find you on the info, uh, interwebs, Mr. Sophomore Crit. On Crick. Twitter at okonh0wp.
5: Uh, a number of my articles for free or for the paywall, or you can support me in, as a journalist uh, in a tr- trying time for the industry is Patreon.com/slash ok. Journalist like okay Oklahoma journalist okay my initials Okay
0: journalist
1: Great Orin. Thank you for being on the show And thank you for being my partner in crime At the Grindsploitation Film Festival It was fun. You,
5: Thank you for taking me along
1: I'm hoping that maybe you'll try Dip your toe into some more horror films I can point your direction And we can really deep dive it Um Join and, us Join us Google Gobble A lot of us, a lot of us. Um, And you can always find me on Elizabeth Captain Gray on my personal profile. And I manage several groups on uh, Facebook, including the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, uh, the SB Film Geek Circle, and Rogues of Tashi Station, which is my small but awesome, significant science fiction group. Of course, there's always the Sexy Witches page and the Repo Nerd page for the podcast um once again thanks richard tanner and his crew for um you know winning and being awesome and supporting the podcast as well um and uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks and my next personal appearance will be this weekend in knoxville tennessee i am going to a memorial death match at the chatterbox tavern on may 1st on saturday so if you see me say hi I will be wearing black cutoffs and fishnets and heels. That's something I don't normally do, as Aaron Kogan can attest to. Uh, also, <laughs> um, the FP Film Festival has been announced for dates, as and we're almost at 70% lock on the next FP movie. So look for that this fall. Yahoo! So lots going on in the Sexy Witches, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, recap the death match in two weeks. And then I don't know what... Films we'll talk about. We'll start talking about 2021 films, which I've been watching a lot of those lately. Yeah. So and there's a lot of really good fucking television on out there right now as well. So um, yeah, we'll yeah. leave you tonight with the song that didn't win uh, best song tonight, uh, "Rules Fix by Molly Sandon. We're going to actually use the one that they used in the Oscars. Uh, so blessed be and good till hunting. Good night, everyone. Good night, guys. Good
0: night.
1: Good
7: night.
1: Good night. Good night. Who
8: wants to hear Eurovision song? Go! Yeah yeah ding dong. Yeah yeah ding dong. Here <inaudible> we go. One,
7: two, one, two, three, four.
2: and the children of Hoosabi singing Hoose Beach.